Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. We are on episode number 66. 66. Great. My name is Shama Sangeeta. My name is Priya Darshini. And my name is Shamali. And we are so excited to be your podcast host for the Modern Yogi Podcast. Oh, yes, we are touched. Honored that you chose us. Yes, we are on <laughs> chapter nine of the this beautiful book, The Most Confidential Knowledge. Text number three. A quick We recap. all started saying it at different points. <laughs> <laughs> it is October, so we're just going to whisper everything. everything. It's not spooky. It's just Confidential. Confidential. <laughs> so we had said Krishna has not even really given us the most confidential knowledge. He's like giving us a setting the scene. He's like the director of the movie and giving us a little teaser, a little trailer, trailer. for it. And purport of text two dove into a lot of things. We talked about the soul. We talked about karma. We talked about how you can directly perceive the results of this devotional service. Also the power of association and sincere service. We talked about what a joyful and accessible path this process is for everybody. And it's also eternal. We continue to do devotional service in the spiritual world, in the kingdom of God. And also by executing devotional service alone, can we really understand Krishna? And it's interesting. They say no one can understand Krishna by executing alone karma yoga, jnana yoga, astanga yoga, or any other yoga independently. But these different methods that we delineated in different chapters, they do lead one to maybe possibly take a detour towards bhakti yoga. So we can take a brush with bhakti yoga because of those yogas, but those yogas alone we can't understand Not even Krishna. goat yoga. Can, nope. Not even goat yoga. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you? I just... Like, <laughs> he did it. <laughs> yeah. You got him to do it. Nice. Um, when you were saying that, I just realized something really cool. So like, you mm. know how this whole thing, this whole Bhagavad Gita and everything we're talking about is like a relationship with Krishna, right? Right, right. Well, Krishna's like so amazing that he starts this conversation with like, he, he understands the psychology of all of us so well. Mm-hmm. He starts mm-hmm. with like who you are. He's like, let me talk right. about you first. Cause like, mm-hmm. I know you're interested in you. Yes. Right. right. So he's like, let me tell you about the soul. Let me tell you about karma. Right. This is all relevant to you and mm-hmm. how you live your life and how that functions. Mm-hmm. And then right. slowly he's like, can I tell you about me? Mm-hmm. Right. And right. that's what we're getting at. We're getting to know Krishna Let more me introduce myself. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of a really good therapist. Actually. Oh my God. Yes, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like he knows that in order for us to pay attention to him, he <laughs> needs to talk about us first. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And yeah. then, he, and then we like trust him a little bit. So we're like, okay, I just spilled everything. Let me learn a little bit about you. Yeah. Right. So he knows you're right. He knows our psychology. So cool? I yeah, love that. Hey, this book is, I mean, Krishna is just incredible. I mean, obviously, but like, right. he'd be a great therapist. I love he, that. He would be. And basically he devotional is. service. He is a great therapist. He really he's is. our therapist. <laughs> and we're talking about our therapist. He's our eternal therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and basically this devotional service is a way to uh, elevate our consciousness, to purify ourselves, especially when we're hearing the Bhagavad Gita, it says in the text purport I mean then we can finally understand the science of Krishna and I love this one last line that wrapped it up when one's heart is cleared of all the nonsense says Prabhupada then one can understand what God is Ooh, very cool my heart so is that's, full of nonsense so, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that was chapter nine, chapter nine text, text two, two. Yes. beautiful so now we are going to chapter nine text three but before that what do we do the invocation it is yeah. 
Om Jnanati Mirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Shakshurum Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual teacher opened my eyes with a torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful basis onto them. Wonderful. So All Priyadarshini, right. want to take it away with text number three. Yeah. All right. Those who are not faithful in this devotional service cannot attain me, O conqueror of enemies. Therefore, they return to the path of birth and death in this material world. Mm. Uh, so this it's is pretty simple. like very, very simple. Yeah. Something very straightforward simple. that we've talked about a lot in this Gita is like people who don't have faith in this process, in this bhakti yoga process, they mm-hmm. won't ever come to Krishna. And right. they return back in this rat race over and over again of mm-hmm. birth and death and birth and death. Yeah, because you know what? Even though this is, we talk about it, it's a spiritual science. It gets to a point where if you take, it's that initial leap of faith of let me do the case study on myself. Let me give it a try. This process, let me try try it out on myself and let's see the results. But you have to have that initial faith to even give it a try consistently. Because what it says that if you don't have faith, one might be hesitant and cannot stay fixed in the devotional service of the Lord. And it's that fixed steadiness that will let you see the results anyway. I can't, like we've said before, you can't go to the gym once and be like, well, you know, didn't see the results, not for me. You got to stick to it. So you have to have enough faith that let me give it a try. Let me be open to seeing what happens over time. So that's where the faith comes into play. Because after that, this this path gives you tools to directly perceive Krishna. You will definitely feel the transformation. You'll feel it where it won't become something of just have faith at the end of your life that he's really there. You will really feel it beyond a belief. But it takes that initial leap. Yeah. And Prabhupada basically here talks about how it, you can mechanically do everything that Krishna is saying, but without mm-hmm. faith, it will not it will not create progress and it will kind of keep you stuck. And it, eventually you might actually say, oh, this is just not for me because right. you're not really giving it your full all. And he also says that if you want to know how to give yourself, like how to create that faith, one great way is that to associate with devotees, right? Yeah, so to spend quality that. time with, like, as we said, right? People who are in either a higher consciousness or similar consciousness, striving for higher understanding of Krishna, striving for more <laughs> devotional service. People who are in that path of their purpose is totally. to be part of Krishna consciousness. And it also says, so one is associating with devotees and the other part is to actually follow, follow the processes of Krishna consciousness. So like right. we were saying, uh, listening, right. um, hearing, chanting, remembering, worshiping, yes. obeying. A plus, Shama Sangeeta. That was just from memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, like all of these activities, plus being in association with devotees, will increase our faith and give mm-hmm. us the possibility of understanding Krishna better and exactly. loving Him more every day. And so, and, and I love that part about like making friends with people who also want to get to know Krishna. You yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes we get, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get DMs from men from around <laughs> the other side of the world <laughs> that basically in broken English say, do you want to make friendship with me? And 
<laughs> we just got to do that with people who are interested in Krishna. Yes. Okay? We say, did you want to make friendship with me? So, so you might get a text from Shama Sangeeta saying, do you want to make friends with me? We make exactly. friends very nice. No, but all, we're only going to be friends if we're going to get closer to Krishna mm. together. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Very and good. I very think good. And there was the two components, friends and mm. also being able to associate with people who are higher, uh, further down the path than you. Because when you see them, it solidifies your own conviction that, yes, this is actually works because they yeah. are living, breathing, walking theology, philosophy, all they embody all of what we are striving towards. And you see them and you think, wow, they are effulgent. This totally works. And they said faith is the most important factor for progress in Krishna consciousness. And I love that they define it. They say faith is the complete conviction that simply by serving the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna, one can achieve all perfection. That is called real faith. Ooh. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So that's basically it. Krishna saying you need faith. Here's how to get faith. You can associate with people. You can follow mm -hmm. this Krishna conscious process. And it's really important, necessary. Right. Can't do without it. Right. And, and they continue. Actually, we don't have to even get into much depth, but basically there's different stages of faith, you know, because they say that the, the development of faith in the process of Krishna consciousness goes into three sections. And it just basically goes from being maybe more and more um, wobbly. It says kind of like in this third category are maybe people who don't have faith. They may be engaged mm -hmm. in service, but because they don't have complete conviction and faith, it's very difficult for those people to continue in Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. But the more you just really stick to it, uh, we get more and more fixed, right? Because it says in the, in the one who's well-versed in the literatures of devotional service has attained the stage of firm faith. And that's kind of like the first category of like, okay, we're totally fixed. And then you have the middle category that, okay, maybe we're not super advanced in our scriptural understanding, but we do have firm faith in this path. We know it's going to work. So of course, in good faith, I'm going mm -hmm. to continue striving. So yes. it just keeps increasing. Yeah, so um, I have like a silly story. <clears throat> I love that you always preface it by, it's a silly story. Well, can I tell it? You know, it's just very you silly. You can always tell it. I the love sillier the, the better. <laughs> exactly. Uh, growing up, I didn't eat chocolate. Okay. Uh, it was just like a very... Anyways, I didn't eat chocolate. So <laughs> I didn't have chocolate probably until I was like 13 years old. Wow. I know. And uh, when I first had it, I thought, ew, this is gross. <laughs> right? We just had some chocolate before filming. Yes. And uh, maybe chocolate is not the best example. And some people are like, what the heck? But anyways, the idea is that I didn't. And when I did try it, it did not taste good to me. And so I developed faith by eating more and more. And therefore you should continue to, in the path of Krishna consciousness. I was, uh, okay. That's you brought it back. You brought it back. Okay. Yeah. I brought it back. Um, but anyways, I just think that just as anything, you get a taste, you might be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like mm -hmm. that doubt. Right. Right. And then you say, okay, let me try its purest form. Mm -hmm. Let me try it in dark like chocolate. Somebody else is like, Hey, I really think you would like this, right? Like Salted the association of yeah. other people. Yeah. Yep, yep, I'm yep. just saying Krishna consciousness <laughs> is just as sweet as chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, I love that. That's, that's cute. Good. That started off like, you know, when Clouseau <laughs> and the Pink Panther, you know, it started off weird. Like, where's Priya going with A this? woman is like an artichoke. <laughs> but then he said, you got to peel back the layers to get to her heart. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you wrapped it up Thank well. You. Good job. Much. Stuck the landing. Thank also, you, you very want much. to know what a uh, fun fact? Uh -huh. um, my the, the name that I was given at birth is Asta, right? Do you know what that name means? No. What? It means like full faith in God, actually. Oh, to oh have Asta God. in the Lord, actually. So oh. I see that. 
I see this. Yeah, so I, I, I am an embodiment of my name, actually. Yeah. I have crazy blind faith sometimes, but now I have real faith because I'm reading the Gita. But like, <laughs> I, used to have, I, I do have a lot of that. faith. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes um, Tolstoy, this this famous philosopher, was observing that people that had simple ways of living, they had a lot of good qualities, a lot of faith. They they had simple lives, but higher elevated ways of thinking. So sometimes the simpler your environment in life is, it's easier to have faith. Sometimes people struggle with like, our minds are so loud and obnoxious. And sometimes the more, let's say, academically inclined you are, you have to go through a lot more loopholes to to calm your mind down and find the answers. Because we said there's different ways to approach bhakti and one is through the analytical study. And I give the metaphor of like, okay, rather than analyzing the jar of honey, just take the lid off and taste the sweetness and then you'll know what this bhakti path is all about. So when if you, Shama, are someone who just can so naturally have faith, that's a beautiful gift because not everyone has that. Sometimes it's really hard to grapple with our minds. Thanks, boo-boo. Appreciate you. Thanks, boo-boo. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sweet. Chapter nine, text number four. Uh, Two text episodes so far. (laughs) Let's see. That's great. (laughs) And Krishna speaking, by me, in my unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. All beings are in me, but I am not in them. Okay, so when when we first Uh read this, I know Priya and I uh, shared our feelings of being like, hold up, what now? Krishna is in our hearts. What do you mean he's not in them? We're going to break this down and it'll continue into text five. It will be made clearer. But wait, can I ask, Shamasin Gita, can you read it one more time? Yes, Krishna's saying, by me, in my unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. All beings are in me, but I am not in them. Okay. Ooh, now that you've read it again, I feel like the context that I'm trying to, like, that I think I understand from this, and of course it's going to be revealed furthermore as we go mm-hmm. on, but the context I'm understanding from this is also that Krishna is explaining that in this uh, universal unmanifested form, he's everyone... All beings are in me. Everyone is in him, but he's not in everyone. So in that particular form, he is not in everyone because we know that Krishna is in our heart as Paramatma. But here we're talking about the, the, like the unmanifested form that is in, in right. the entire universe. Exactly. Cause the side note, and you can say again, I think for clarity, but side note to add clarity to what you said if in case someone forgot in chapter seven we discussed discussed the entire material cosmic manifestation is the combination of krishna's two different energies you have the superior spiritual energy and the inferior material energy and we talked about this beautiful analogy of like the sunshine is spreading all over the universe so the energy of krishna is also spreading all over creation but his personal form is like the actual sun so you're kind of clarifying then that okay, in this unmanifest form of like that impersonal energy that's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. But he's in his personal form in our hearts. Yes. Exactly. I love that. That was really well summarized. And and Prabhupada here goes to give the example, although I think we already understand the premise. He gives the example of a king Mm. who, um, it says a king heads a government, Mm. which is but the manifestation of the king's energy, right? So the king leads the government. But mm-hmm. the different governmental departments, the different departments are nothing but the energies of the king. So like whatever he mm-hmm. creates, there's those positions there. Yep. And each department is resting in the king's power. Like everything is 
by right. his grace or by right. his mercy or whatever. But still, one cannot ex- expect the king to be present in every department personally. Mm-hmm. Right. He's right. not going to be at the ribbon cutting for the the goat farm. Like he can't be everywhere. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Got it. I love your example. Right. <laughs> what do you live in? I know. This she, is how my brain works. <laughs> also, I, I feel like she's still trying to pull the goat noise. From <laughs> she Abijay. is. She totally is. I was <laughs> just like, we're done. And no, no, he's, I'm he's not retired. trying to pull it anymore, but I just, I really enjoy it when it just happens. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Krishna is in his personal form in our hearts, but that impersonal energy that pervades the entire universe, that like he's of this, he's, he's not, Hmm. Rewind. He <sighs> rewind. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. He created this whole material universe, but he's also aloof from it. He himself is above it and is not contaminated by the material energy. Because here it says in the purport, the supreme personality of Godhead, Krishna, is not perceivable through our gross material senses. So basically, to take it back a step, Krishna's name, his pastimes, <laughs> his fame, all of these different things are one and the same, but they can't be understood by our material senses. So we've established if we engage in devotional service, then he will reveal to us. And here they say a beautiful little, uh, what they talk about in the Brahma Samhita, which we already discussed in previous uh chapters, episodes, that one can see the Supreme Personality of Godhead Govinda always within himself and outside of himself if he has developed the transcendental loving attitude towards him. Thus, for people in general, he might not be visible. Here it is said that although he is all pervading, everywhere present, he is not conceivable by the material senses. So, okay, here it indicates that we actually, even though we can't see him, Everything's resting in him and he's in our hearts in the personal form. So Krishna's inside of us and everything outside of us too. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And I love this. This is a very simple text. Um, It got confusing for a second, but then we understood it. Mm -hmm. Krishna's personal in our heart, in in personal in the universe. Yeah. Universe. everywhere. There's this, like, I always used to remember this. um, I don't know if you guys remember Michelle Branch. She was a singer in the Mm. 2000s. Can you sing something She was saying this one song that reminded me of Krishna. And I remember it because... Because of, Let's of some particular verse, I'm not going to sing it, but I'm just saying it. But it's like, do it. It's one like line. you are everything to me. Like it was like it was. I think it was a call a song called Everywhere. You're everything to me. Yes, you know this. Song? I know it. It came out. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. oh my god that's really good. And so it's if you, you, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I can't sing it, but you did a really ah, good job. Thank you. Thank but you. if you really want to, like, just Spotify that song. It's Michelle Branch, Everywhere, and mm. it reminds me so much of Krishna because it talks about this all-pervading energy Aww. of thinking about Krishna everywhere I inside. Oh my God. Inside. I love I've been that. thinking for a while that we should have a Spotify playlist. Ooh, yeah. And I that. think we should build that because we should put yeah. kirtans, but we should also put songs that remind us of oh, Krishna. I love that. Okay, okay. we're going to be You might get that. some explicit raps from one of the members of the podcast. You <laughs> might get other romantic <laughs> ballads from others. And so, Michelle Branch and, and a lot of boy bands. We'll get a lot of stuff in there. But yeah, I, I think we'll work on it. So maybe yeah. give us a little time, but I think it's a That's a great idea. Yeah, I love it. And that's a nice clarification also that Krishna's always in our hearts, even though we can't see him. So he's always there personally. You know, from the moment our little soul came into this material world, Krishna came with us. He hasn't left our side for a single moment. Mm -hmm. So he's always there. All right. Anything else on this verse? That's it. Text five. Oh my God. Are we doing three texts this episode? At at minimum, yes. (laughs) Wah, 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 wah. (laughs) All right. And yet, so this is still Krishna speaking, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, everything that is created does not rest in me. Okay. 
that's confusing. And yet everything that is created does not rest in me. Behold my mystic opulence. Although I am the maintainer of all living entities and although I am everywhere, I am not a part of this cosmic manifestation for myself is the very source of creation. So I we got to break this down. I got you. I got you. All right, ready? Go. Yeah. Basically, Krishna is not, not directly concerned with the maintenance. Did you say not, not, or he, sorry, not. sorry, sorry. Let me say that again. Krishna is not uh. directly concerned with the maintenance and sustenance of this material manifestation. Mm-hmm. When he's saying does not rest in me, it means like he's not the one particularly exactly. doing all the things. Maintaining it. He's yeah. Not, right. okay, he has like, you know, we talked about this. He's the CEO. Yes. Right. Totally. You understand. And he has a lot of companies. So he's like, yes, I know you're functioning well. I know that mm-hmm. I have good trust, trustees who are taking care of yes. everyone. Mm. And I'm just going to be doing my thing. Oh my God. You know what I made me think of? can feel so far away because he has all these executive people taking out his carrying his orders and he's like I'm going to do my thing but the way to communicate with with Krishna is when you turn towards him through devotional service and realize that he's just in your heart waiting to like to for you to talk to him, the you know, most yeah. confidential the knowledge, most confidential knowledge. <laughs> and Priya, along with what you're saying is yeah. uh you know, in the purport, Prabhupada says, and I love this part, sometimes we see a picture of Atlas holding the globe on his shoulders and he seems so tired holding the great earthly planet. So we shouldn't think of Krishna in that way as upholding the entire created universe and working very hard. As you said, he delegates, everything's resting on him, but he's aloof. He's mm-hmm. the supreme enjoyer. He's having his spontaneous loving pastimes with the angels in heaven, you know, so yeah. to speak. Um, it's also really cool. Prabhupada says that... Um, he, Krishna, okay, so it says, the Lord explains this fact. Although he is the maintainer and sustainer of the entire material manifestation, he does not touch this material manifestation. Mm. Simply by his supreme will, everything is created. Everything is sustained. Everything is maintained and everything is annihilated. Right. Annihilated? Annihilated. And I think part of this is important is to say that there is no difference between Krishna's mind and himself. Mm-hmm. So when Krishna thinks tree, a tree pops up. Oh, I love that. You know, when Krishna thinks... Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream pops up. Like he doesn't actually have to right, physically right. actually make a house. He doesn't have to make an he animal. Doesn't he build, doesn't build. He doesn't chop no. the wood. Nothing. No, he no, just right. think it and it comes into fruition. Yeah. Right. It's wow. like, we're talking about God, guys. We're right. not talking about some regular folk, like some regular person <laughs> here. We're talking about... <laughs> right. Some regular Krishna, folk. <laughs> Krishna is total absolute spirit. With us, there's a big discrepancy between our thoughts and then actually making them happen. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, Executing yeah. on the plan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's difficult. <laughs> I can be sitting on my couch and think all I want to about the successful life I want to live, but that'll get me nowhere. So that, when I read that also, it was very interesting. There's no difference between his mind and himself for Mm -hmm. Krishna. Like if Krishna wants to create a modern yogi Spotify playlist, (laughs) he could put his mind, just boom, boom. Yeah. And sing. (gasps) Michelle Branch. It's already done. But we have to like actually execute it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. Krishna wants to do something. All he has to do is think of it or will it and zoom. It's done. Everything falls into place. Typical. And yeah, Prabhupada said the planet systems are floating in space and this space is the also the energy of the supreme lord but he is different from space so krishna it's his energy but krishna himself is not just that energy we've yeah. broken that down before i mean it's yeah. like in a simple sense like you when a mother has a child that child is like part 
theirs and right. them, part right. them, but it's still independent from mm-hmm. them. Totally. So Krishna has tons of energies and they're right. part of him, but he's not that energy itself. And mm-hmm. almost, you know, when someone just thinks that Krishna is this impersonal energy that fills the universe, that's limiting Krishna. Can't Krishna be so much more than just a floating energy? Yeah. I mean, yes. we don't want to limit Krishna now, nope. do we? We can't, even we can't. if we try. Yeah. We can't and we won't. <laughs> we, can. <laughs> we shan't. We shan't. <laughs> oh, we right. the silliest things. Text six? Yes. Oh my God. <gasps> Are oh, we my goodness. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, uh, okay. Understand that as the mighty wind blowing everywhere rests always in the sky, all created beings rest in me. You know, when Ooh, I first read this, I, like I this. love that he uses, like, I know it's translated from Sanskrit, but still in the Sanskrit, he uses something similar to understand, like he's imparting deep knowledge into Arjuna and just like, like Krishna's taking such command right now. Understand this, Arjuna. This. Priya, mm-hmm. can you do me a favor? Can you read that one more time? Yes. Yeah. Understand that as the mighty wind blowing everywhere rests always in the sky, all created beings rest in me. Mm. So, so very, the wind is to the sky as in everything is in Krishna. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Look, Look at that math. That's a Look G-mat. at that yeah. math. That's yeah. math. You right are in there. the math That's club right now. That's an SAT right question. That <laughs> is an SAT. Look at you. Look at you. So basically they're saying the movement of the air influences the movement of everything, right? But although the wind is great, it is still situated within the sky. The wind is not beyond the sky. So I'll say that again, like the wind is in the sky, in it, but not beyond it, not yeah, above it. Yeah, yeah. Krishna's so, our container. Right. Our, I right? love that. Krishna's yes. our container. So He's similarly, store for the world. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you just dropping left and right. <laughs> that one was not as wise as the last one. I liked it. I, I do. I I one of my favorite places in the world is I, the container store. I would store. agree entirely. Yeah. Uh, or other places that are cheaper too, but I love the premise. Look, we love containers. We love oh, containers so okay. much. And so we love Krishna the most because he's the greatest container. Yeah. So similarly, all the wonderful cosmic manifestations are existing by the supreme will of God, and all of them are also subordinate to that supreme will. So generally, we say not a blade of grass moves without the will of the supreme Godhead. So thus, everything is moving under his will, but still he's aloof from everything, as the sky is always aloof from the activities of the wind. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Chapter seven. We're making up. Chapter nine, text number seven. Oh my God. Krishna speaking. O son of Kunti, at the end of the millennium, all material manifestations enter into my nature. And at the beginning of another millennium, by my potency, I create them again. So here I basically think Krishna's saying kind of what we had already discussed, that we had said like, okay, at the end of the millennium means at the death of Brahma. And we had said Brahma mm-hmm. lives for 100 years, but but get this, one of his days is calculated at what? 4.3 billion of our <laughs> earthly years. Yeah. So think about that. A hundred years, but each of his day is 4.3 billion years. So, And his nights are also the same duration. So, okay, his month consists of 30 such days and night each of it's a lot of math. It's billion. a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and basically after a hundred of those years, Brahma dies, the devastation or annihilation takes place. And this means that all of the energy that's manifested by the Supreme Lord is again wound up in himself. And then again, when there's a need to manifest the cosmic world, it's done by his will. Wait, wow. I got you. Okay. Picture this. Okay. You ready? Yeah. We're, ready. we're ready. Okay, so ready. <laughs> picture the universe. Okay. Okay. Okay, you're picturing all the stars mm-hmm. and all the planets my eyes. and everything. Okay. Okay. I'm closing okay. my eyes. Okay, you're seeing it. Okay, now you're yeah. gonna picture a yellow sponge. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> like SpongeBob? Kind or of. But just a jealous like a, like a, like a really a big sponge. one. You know, like okay. a big one. One of those big ones okay. that has like rounded corners. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. And so, so that's supposed to be Krishna. Mm-hmm. No, no, let her finish. I'm just picturing the okay. Correct. You know what? We're going to make it a blue sponge for that okay. purpose. No, okay. oh blue my sponge. God. But you know, like that yellow sponge, but to make it blue. Okay. Got it. Blue sponge. And then at the end right. of the manifestation, when everything ends, the sponge goes <laughs> and everything goes in it. Wow. All the stars, all the planets and everything. Mm-hmm. And then a new manifestation is created and the sponge mm-hmm. releases. And then there's new planets and everything else. Whoa. Wow. That's what I picture. And that was you beautiful. know what? I just wanted to share that with I you like guys. That. Yeah. We, I, was, I was into that. Thank you. That was great. That was great. We <laughs> talked about this in a lot of detail on a previous episode that you should listen to because this is one of the few views of the cosmos that lines up with science's view of the cosmos because instead of thinking that the earth is linear, just going from point A to point B, we see it as cyclical. It goes through these mm. cycles, right? Of creation then annihilation and destruction. And that's exactly science sees the universe as ever expanding, but it's going to come to a point where it comes to an end. It's in a cyclical nature. So it's very cool. The Vedic cosmology lines up beautifully with the science, with stuff. The science of stuff. <laughs> Krishna says, although I am one, I shall become many. So this way he expands himself by his material nature and the whole cosmic manifestation takes place. Amazing. All right, Priya. Yeah. So, I mean, just to say that basically Krishna is saying, I, I am everything. Everything emanates from me. Mm. I am a light. I am personal. Like he's kind of just describing mm. himself, right? So we're just trying yeah. to understand Krishna. Everything. Just to wrap it up. And you that's everything in me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was it's you almost I a song. <laughs> that was almost a song. Michelle Branch everywhere. Okay. okay. Um, Text eight Shamali. Wow. Okay. The whole cosmic order is under me, Krishna. Under my will, it is automatically manifested again and again. And under my will, it is annihilated at the end. So it's exactly what we just talked about. Krishna yeah? can right. choose. When it when it manifests and when it annihilates. And he also mm-hmm. enters everything through either his superior or inferior nature. So I think here, as far as the living entities, us, are concerned, we are impregnated into this material nature. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about this. Continue. <laughs> we had a conversation. <laughs> Wait, does it say the word friendly. impregnated in it the report? It literally says impregnating. That wasn't me being weird. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result of our past deeds, we take different positions. So Krishna doesn't mess with the the laws that are already instilled there, the laws of karma, of reincarnation. Well, he creates them, he but creates then he just like them, lets them be. Exactly. That's what I mean. He lets them be. He doesn't like mess around with them. We create our own, based on our past deeds, we take different positions. So thus the activities of this material world begin. So basically the, the different species are a Oh, I can't speak English today. The different species of life are created immediately along with the universe. And I like this next part. Oh, I was just about to read that because Prabhupada is basically kind of stating something very, very, very important here. Yes. Yes, because I'll read this and then tell me what you think of it, Priya. He says, because whatever desire the living entities had at the last annihilation are again manifested. So I thought that was so cool because it's kind of like nothing is lost. Like whatever we think of it, the last annihilation, hopefully we're no longer here and we've gone back to the spiritual kingdom. But if when time ends of the greater material world and it's in the last yuga and annihilations happens, then whatever our final desire is, basically we're going to pick up again 
where we left off. Oh, you know, that's actually not what I thought you were going to I actually read. knew what part you were going to say, but I thought I'll leave it to Priya because that's kind of the it's a big controversial deal. topic. It is a controversial yeah, so topic. You got this, boo. Okay, I'm just going to read Prabhupada's words, okay? okay. This, these are Prabhupada's words. <laughs> no, these are Priya's words. This, this is, is what Priya Prabhupada. personally thinks. <laughs> All right. So it says, the activities of the world... So the activities of the different species of living beings are begun from the very moment of the creation. It is not that all is evolved. The different species of life are created immediately along with the universe. Man, animals, beasts, birds, everything is simultaneously created because whatever desires the living entities had at the last annihilation, annihilation, sorry, <laughs> are again manifested. Mm. Isn't that crazy? That is interesting. That's, that's, what does that mean? Well, that's kind of taking down the theory of evolution. Yes. <laughs> Darwin, right? <laughs> taking Darwin because down. You know what's so interesting? There's this one <gasps> guru in our line. He's very, very like brainy, intelligent. And he even says, and I think we mentioned this in the last episode where we broke down the cosmos and the day in Brahma, but he says, even at a level of quantum physics, when you start breaking things down, down to its like smallest degree of being able to break it down, you start realizing a lot of these things that we just accept as fact take about as much belief as this spiritual stuff we're talking about, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. because there's so much out there we don't know at a quantum physics level that if you break it down and talk about it, it's like I said, takes as much belief. Yeah. I, I mean, when you say quantum physics, because I just believe whatever you say when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> just quantum love physics. Love you. I can lead time. you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I guess if I think about that, and I, I don't, I haven't really thought about this very deeply, but if I think about like, where did the dog come from? Did the dog come from a previous, you know, like if you trace it back and back and back and back and back and back, or like a lizard that event, like once upon a time was a dinosaur, I am making stuff up now. Right, right. Where I, did the first dinosaur exactly, come from? Right, right. Right. Where did it, exactly, right? Exactly. And so I think this Girl. is what Prabhupada is saying. Prabhupada is saying... In, <laughs> Girl, 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 where's that first dinosaur from? Because <laughs> you know what? Who knows? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. I was just going to say, so I think that's what Prabhupada is saying. Like, if we want to understand like karma, like it makes sense, right? Like it makes sense that karmically I die and then I want to be a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And so the world, this is a terrible okay. example. Oh, no, no, no. What, you, what, if, if you die and you die thinking about something that you were super attached a to. Dog. Yeah. And it can be dinosaurs. Cause I can be a, okay. like, a, I can be like, you know, Ross from friends. Who's yes. like, what is paleontologist. He? He's a paleontologist. Yeah, right? He's super into dinosaurs. So, like, he's super so into at dinosaurs. the end of the time, you're about to be annihilated and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I never got to study that last fossil of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And Dang I just, it. I just wonder what his life was like. And what I just, it was and like, and the T-Rex, the T-Rex, T-Rex, oh, Okay, Priya becomes dinosaur. Chris is like, okay, fine, I'll let you be a dinosaur. Like he's gonna just let you be, right? It's just like, and I'll be a pterodactyl floating above, thinking, Priya, we really screwed up this time, man. <laughs> I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, this is all hypothetical, Krishna. We're not saying this is what we want. I'm just kind of clarifying, just in case you just never in case know. you never know the prayers, the things that come out of our mouths. <laughs> but I think the idea is that based on our desires, we uh, we give exactly. Uh, a body to ourselves. Like we choose a body for totally, ourselves yes. for our next now, lives. I do want to say, cause you were kind of brushing upon this subtly that, uh, 
like when we were saying the first dinosaur who created that science has used already the building blocks that exist to create different combinations and like you can have different combinations of dogs let's say mm -hmm. through interbreeding or whatever and yeah. they they start using in, within science they use the building blocks that already exist it's not like they've come up with anything new that Krishna hasn't already they're just created. trying to make everything make sense with whatever already exists right yes. right so yeah. So basically it's super interesting then to think, okay, that the state of being in our past life, in the past creation is simply manifested again. And this is all done so through Krishna's will, but also taking our own desires into account. Yeah. So yeah, the creation takes place to accommodate the inclinations of the various living entities. And so the Lord does not become involved with it. Yeah. Super cool. Krishna's saying in my mind, I can choose to create uh, automatically manifest universe and automatically annihilate. Annihilate. Oh my god! I kind of love that you can't pronounce it. It's kind of <laughs> really cute. Yeah. Annihilate. And I just Chris is gonna annihilate this and annihilate that. Okay. Okay. Make fun of the Hispanic girl. All right. All right. Chapter nine. Text number nine. Oh, wow. Oh my nine. Nine. I me? think this is me. No. Sure. Shamali. I don't know. Go ahead. I think Shamali I can't just pronounce read the first eight. word, so Shamali. Did I just read it? Yeah. Oh, so Priya, go ahead. Okay. Oh, Dan. I hope they say annihilate again. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay. Text nine. Oh, Dananjaya, all this work cannot bind me. I am ever detached from all these material activities, seated as though neutral. Ooh. So he can do uh, everything, but he is not attached like, right. to anything. Like, 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 like Krishna is like in a car wash. And you put him on okay. neutral and he just goes through. Ah. I was going to say like Krishna's like making cinnamon rolls. Okay. 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 These are I'm, I'm a fun example. I'm Krishna's, Krishna's making cinnamon I'm rolls. You, but like he doesn't have to mix it. He doesn't have to bake it. Mm -mm. Like he just thinks it and it's happening. Right. And he can right. go like he can go like go to a car wash. He go to car simultaneously. Wash, put himself on neutral. Yeah. Boom. Because with his mind, everything's just functioning and he doesn't have to be like attached to that. Like, he, doesn't he doesn't have even, to watch the, you know oven. the You know the car wash? Yes. Like he doesn't even have to be in the car. Ooh, girl. <laughs> now, girl. if you guys get excited about this, I think you'll be mind blown. You're setting yourselves up really well to be expectations exceeded when you really see Krishna. That's yeah. exciting. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think when we hear the word neutral, we might think non active but here Prabhupada really clarifies one shouldn't think in this connection that Krishna has no engagement because in his in the spiritual world mm. he's always engaged in the Brahma Samhita which we've already talked about states that Krishna is always involved in his eternal blissful spiritual activities but he has nothing to do with these material activities the material the material activities are being carried on by his different potencies which makes me think if we want to have a personal interaction with Krishna that's why we have to go into the spiritual realm we have to mm. connect with our spirit with Krishna in our hearts. So it's not that Krishna abandoned us here. It's just that we have to know which line to dial on the old fashioned telephone mm. to be able to connect with him. That's you know? true. Yeah. That. And also like, again, it's like the same, same thing I'm always saying. It's the relationship, mm. right? Like we haven't really shown Krishna so much interest. Mm. We kind of remember mm -hmm. him every now and then. Right, right. But it's like, he's at this point, maybe we're acquaintances. And so mm. it's like, Krishna's hanging out with his buddies. Like right. we want to be one of his buddies. We yeah, got to totally. work it up. I want to be you know? one of his I mean, favorites. Yeah. I had a friend tell me, you know, this makes sense. Think about, he, and he was a newer devotee and I loved it because he's like, think about how much the elite athletes train to get an Olympic medal. So why wouldn't we have to train a little harder and focus a little more to attain the best result out there? Krishna's yes. love. And I was 
like yeah. exactly. That is a really good analogy. We I have like to that. work harder. This I mean, is a lesson for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> listening to the because podcast. We Krishna is not a cheap experience. He's the highest of the highest, the king of all, the most confidential knowledge. So why would we think, ah, I can just kind of half-heartedly I'll say chance sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> now like, Krishna's so merciful that he still accepts that. But on our part, like, come on, let's put a little more. Like when we really want something, how much effort do we put? Oh yeah. yeah. You know? And you know, it's kind of like a marriage. Like mm. before you get married, you're trying so hard to get that person's attention. <laughs> you try so hard and when they walk, it's like, oh, I just woke up this way. Hey. You try so hard in every way. You try to hang out with them all the time. And then you get married and they're like, see you Tuesday. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right example. Abhijit, her husband is giving her a funny look now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you understand the premise of like, yeah. so I think Krishna's like, Phil, do you really, really like me? Because mm. like, I really, really want to spend time mm, with you. Yeah. And like, if you really, really like me, then like, I want to know that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and where Krishna, was all that effort in the beginning of the relationship? We need to have that beginning relationship yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah. For so, the rest of our life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. And I love this. They say, okay, so we've already established Krishna has control over every single minute detail of material activities, even though he's sitting as if neutral. And Prabhupada says this example can be given of a high court judge who's sitting on his bench because by the judge's order, so many things happen. Some might be put into jail, other award a huge amount of wealth, but still the judge is neutral. It doesn't actually personally mm. affect him in his own life. You know, he That's has cool. nothing to do with the gain and losses. So similarly, Lord Krishna is always neutral, although he has his hand in every single sphere of activities. He's not situated in the dualities of this material world, but he's, he goes beyond. He's transcendental to these dualities. Good analogy. I like yeah, that. Well, that was nice. Prabhupada. <laughs> Prabhupada, good analogy. Yeah, Thank Prabhupada. you so we much, Prabhupada. Shout out to Prabhupada. Shout, shout out, out to Prabhupada. Prabhupada. <laughs> Someone actually commented on our Instagram, love Shamli, shout out to Maya. And I was like, yeah, Shamli does love those shout outs. <laughs> You're talking about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's Shamli funny. Shamli loves those. All right. Do you guys want to do one more? Yes, let's do wait, one wait, more. Wait, wait, the last line that I like mm, here. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the living entities take their different forms in various species of life according to their past deeds and the Lord doesn't interfere with them. So we've already said that. And I just really like thinking that um, when we say Krishna is involved in every aspect of life, although he's aloof from the material energy, we might think, oh, Krishna is so detached from us. But that's not the case. He's so just waiting in our hearts till we take that first step towards him. And there's a beautiful little story that I won't tell the whole thing. Just basically when a soul came back to the spiritual world as a devotee of Krishna, there's a whole beautiful story about how Krishna, when the devotee wakes up in the spiritual kingdom of Krishna, um, he wakes up and Krishna runs and hugs him and almost faints with ecstasy of like, I've been waiting so long to see you again mm. and hugs this devotee. And I just thought that's so beautiful. Like he Very really sweet. is just waiting for us to turn to him. All right. We're going to do one last one. Okay. Chapter nine, text number 10. Shama Gita. Yeah. And Krishna <laughs> speaking. This material energy, which is one of my energies. Oh, sorry. Let me start again. This material nature, which is one of my energies, is working under my direction. Oh, son of Kunti. Producing all moving and non-moving beings. Under its rule, this manifested is created and annihilated again and again. <laughs> this manifestation. This manifestation is yeah. created and annihilated again and again. So right. he's reiterating. 
So basically yeah. they're saying, yeah, the Supreme Lord remains the Supreme Director. I love that Prabhupada says that. So the Supreme Lord is the Supreme Will and the background of this whole material manifestation, but the management is being conducted by material nature. Krishna is yeah. just orchestrating He's it. doubling down on everything that we just talked about in this yeah. episode, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. creates everything. He, he creates the manifestation of it, the annihilation of it right. over and, and over again. You know, to take us back to something he said in the very beginning that it's silly to think that if the soul is so active within the body, how will the soul not be active once it leaves this body? Mm. Will, and really, it'll merge into an impersonal, just oneness with everything. So then he kind of explained that this most confidential knowledge is learning about what is the soul's activities in its eternal kingdom with Krishna. Mm. And I just want to pr- just say, we haven't even actually gotten to what are the soul's activities in the eternal realm up there with Krishna. So we are still essentially kind of, I would say, setting the stage, right? Oh, yeah. And we're 10 texts into chapter nine. Mm-hmm. So we're still kind of paving the way. Yeah. Guys, did we just do eight verses in one episode? <laughs> did we? <laughs> this I might be did. a record. Oh I my God. We that's we went, exciting. Last episode, we only did one verse. <laughs> and now this <laughs> Which episode, goes to show you also how the, the variety that's in each purport. Because we the, the purport to text two was a lot. It was three pages and yeah. it was almost like, oof, okay. This also shows you the variety that you'll get at the Modern Yogi Podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Yes. And we will see you in the next episode where we will cover chapter nine text number 11 yeah thank you. you so much see you next time all right bye, bye. hello beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the, the modern, modern yogi, yogi.